Hello, Chasing Chalamet listeners. It's Dane. So, we know it's been a while since we last talked to you. Almost a year, in fact. And that is because we have had just an absolute gap in Timothy content. And thank God that drought is finally over. Because in the next few weeks, we are getting not one, not two, but three all new Timothy performances that we get to talk about on the show. So, in order to preview all the great, great content that is forthcoming, we got together and did an Instagram Live with former guest Tori Dunlap of her first 100K. Tori is currently traveling in Europe and got to see Dune earlier uh, than we are getting to see it in the States. So, in anticipation of Dune opening this weekend in the U.S. and Tori already having seen it, we got together on Instagram Live and talked all things Dune. Uh, now, be warned, we are not getting into explicit spoilers, but if you want to go into the movie fully, fully unspoiled, I would recommend not listening uh, if that is your thing. But, like I said, we don't get into anything too, too crazy, but if you don't want to know anything going in, I would stop now. Otherwise, please enjoy this little bit of audio ripped from our Instagram Live right into your podcast feed. Uh, now, just another preview. We will have a full Dune episode coming with our friends over at the Torn Stubbs podcast. But until then, enjoy this little Dune preview with Tori Dunlap. See you guys soon. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm at the fucking call me by your name, but in Tuscany Villa. So life's pretty great. Yeah, no, I want to I want to hear the deets on it. Tell me tell me about the place you're staying. Um, so we are a little bit outside of Pisa. I'm literally I could show you this table. This is where I'm here writing. This Ooh. is like the full on like call me by your name outside table, you know where they have dinner? Yeah. Like it's just we're on I was a literally going to say it looks like the dinner scene. I am just feeling super lucky to be here and just writing a book. So Ugh. It's great. Life's good. Ugh, you're living the dream. You're living the dream. And you are, so you already did Crema and you did, you did all the sites and all the locations. I, I've been sending him so many photos. Yes, we did pretty much every location we possibly could. We did obviously Crema City Center. We did the magazine store. We did the, I could, you know, I would kiss you if I could door location, which has quotes all over it. People have really? written quotes from, come from Call Me By Your Name all over it, which is lovely. We went, uh, we tried to rent bikes, two different bike shops did not have them, <laughs> but we went to um, the, the spot, the water-fed mountain spot, mm-hmm. uh, or mountain-fed water spot, and uh, that was lovely and really, really beautiful. Where else did we go? We went to Bergamo and saw a bunch of, yeah, the, the like, the kiss and the, the stoop where he throws up. <laughs> that's, the, so. that's the first thing I said to you. You sent me that picture and I was like, oh, I'm so tempted to get, like, so wine drunk and just throw up right there. Just throw up right there. Yeah, and it actually <laughs> says, somebody's written in Sharpie, call me by your name and I'll call you by mine on the stoop, which is very funny. Um, wow. But yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these locations are super easy to find. But like the one where they're walking down and he like washes his mouth in the fountain, doesn't have the fountain there. And you and I talked yeah. about this, but like it's one of those things where we had missed it walking by because the the fountain wasn't there. I think they did it in post. So um, yeah, it was That's so, so interesting. cool. It's, it's literally been our dream for yeah, Christine and I, who's my best friend. It's been our dream for a couple of years to go to Crema, and 
Um, I mean, it's beautiful. I highly recommend it. And, oh, we went to the, the big um, archaeological site that's like two hours away. Um, right. And that was that was beautiful as well. Just like all of these locations are beautiful to go to regardless of if you're there for the movie or not so right yeah and have you have you done italy before because i know you guys have done friend moon and you've traveled and yeah stuff, so yeah we did southern italy in 2019 and then i went okay. very briefly when i was a kid when i was like 13 so this is the first time doing northern italy and um yeah the original plan was to stay in this like tuscan villa and do road trips but from here to crema is like a six hour drive which we did not know about uh until until after so we we adjusted our trip a little bit to do a bunch of the northern italy spots and then drive down so yeah nice Ugh. well that is all amazing i cannot wait to go i'm so glad that it's like readily available because i mean as much as i've seen the movie and everything i would want like the guide to like tell me what i'm doing and where i'm going yes. and look at Thank look you. at christine delivering a glass <laughs> delivering of wine me wine at three o'clock in the afternoon because listen italians be do more... that if, if I were to get a glass of wine right now, that would indicate a problem. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just stick with my coffee. Um, but yeah, no, I've been so jealous seeing all of your photos. I obviously need to make this journey and go. It's so funny because I feel like being um, like someone within like the Chalamet fan community, it's almost this like expectation or I, I guess I shouldn't say expectation, mm. but like there's almost this like um, assumption that's like, oh, well, you've probably been to Crema and like, especially because right. I like have the podcast and everything, people are like, oh, well, you're like a real fan. So you've probably like done the whole thing. And I'm like, nope, nope, I just. Which is such a privilege. I'm sure you've gone to Italy and done an entire. No, but it is, it, we joked about it, Christine and I joked about it. It felt like a pilgrimage. Like literally. Oh, did. sure. Like it felt like they like, okay, we go to this site and then we go to this site and we go to this site. And um, yeah, it was very funny. And um Again, all of these, I mean, you can't go wrong with Italy. It's so beautiful regardless. So, like, if you are going to come and do the Crema Call Me By Your Name tour, like, rent a car and, like, go to other places around it. Because I think, totally. yeah, there's so much, there's so much beauty, not just in Crema, but all of the locations around it. So, um, yeah, and I guess there is, like, official Call Me By Your Name, like, bus tours. But we just found all the locations and had rented a car. So we just drove to all these places on our own. Yeah, and I feel like that's the way to do it. I mean, not to come for the people who do the tour, because yeah. you say that, and I just automatically, and I don't know if this is just, like, a generational thing, or if this is, like, just maybe what other people think of, too, but I hear that, and I just think of, like, the Sex and the City tours in New York City, which, like, maybe you have to <laughs> yeah, do me that, too. because New York is so crazy, and there's so many, um, but yeah, I just, I feel like doing it yourself just kind of has, like, that added element of, like, authenticity to it, and you can, like, make make what you want of it. You don't have to, like, be, like, on a schedule and everything, so amazing well yeah and you, like the the, you, the pond that we went to visit had like nobody yeah which is i mean oh sorry go ahead no 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 you're fine um which like makes sense because like obviously like again it's not new york city so there's not millions of people there but like it, it would be hard for me right. to like plan to go there and not like see someone else there and they're like mm, they're definitely here for the same reason that i am because this is a very niche location totally <laughs> well you are in Europe, which means you've gotten to see Dune. And correct, have you only seen it the one time, or did you go again? I've I've seen it once. We were supposed okay. to see it twice. Uh, it didn't end up happening, but I I've seen it once, like right. the day after it premiered here in in Europe. Oh, okay. So, which is this is why this this is why we're doing this, so we can do a little preview. And so we'll say we'll say no spoilers because I have not seen it yet. I'm going this week, yes. so it opens 
It opens in the States Friday. I'm going Thursday night. Got my tickets secured. Very excited. It's actually, it's going to be a whole weekend because I'm seeing Dune Thursday. I'm seeing French Dispatch on Saturday. And I'm like, it's been almost two years since I've seen a Chalamet movie in theaters. It's all, it's like, it's, I feel like I'm, I feel like I've been like starved in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. And now I'm about to like descend (laughs) on a buffet. So I need to, I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like gorge, gorge on Timothy Chalamet in a theater. Yeah. Exactly. And it's so funny. Like, so I, you know, I went to go see No Time to Die yesterday and like they played the Dune trailer before and I've like seen it on TV yep. and stuff. And like, I've been home. So I've been traveling and now I've been home uh, at my parents' house for a couple of days. And if we're ever like watching TV and like skipping through commercials, like they'll, they'll be like a Dune commercial and they're like, are you going to skip that? And I'm like, well, I guess not. <laughs> so I go back and like watch the Dune commercial again. <laughs> um, but. But you, so you've seen it, and I, I want to get the full, again, non-spoiler details, but, and I'm curious yes. if you're kind of coming into this like me, so, so I, I know of Dune culturally, I know that, like, there was the movie in the 80s with Kyle MacLachlan, directed by David Lynch, um, I know there's been a TV series, I know it's one of those just, like, famously hard-to-adapt books, um, super influential when it comes to things like Star Wars and, like, modern science fiction, so... Right. Other than, obviously, once Timothy was cast in it, I learned a little bit more about the story. I know the phrases. I know that let the spice flow and fear is the mind killer. Like, I, you know, I, I know some of these, like, cultural touch right. points around it. But I'm going in not having read the book. Um, are, did you go into it kind of the same way, like, a little bit blind? That's literally, like, my experience. It's like, I know its cultural significance. I know that it was, you know, had this reputation for being impossible to adapt, basically. And, of course, knowing probably the general style with, you know, previous movies from, you know, Arrival and all of these things. So, yeah, I went into it pretty dark. I didn't know the storyline, really. I did, you know, I I didn't know a lot of it. And, um, yeah, you and I are in the exact same scenario where I had very limited knowledge I probably, I would have seen it knowing like the hype around it, but definitely was like not as interested or wouldn't have been as interested if Timmy wasn't in it. Right. Totally. So, so I guess first question would be going in blind like that. Was that any like hindrance to following the story? Like Mm. were you lost at any point? So like, how did that experience kind of go for you? That's a great question. And I think actually that's one of the things the movie does really, really beautifully is that Obviously, I think it would be a richer experience. I had um, a friend and actually someone who works on my team who had read Dune in preparation. She's a huge Timmy fan as well. And so she's like, you know, I I had this like deeper knowledge going into it. But I think the really great part is that they somehow take this movie with all of its like complicated story and, you know, you will need all of this exposition and they, they deliver. You can actually feel like you're dived into the new universe or you know knowing exactly what's what's going on knowing who the characters are knowing the significance of this world not knowing anything before and i think that that's actually one of like the best parts of this film is that they don't get caught up in either trying to explain too much or going in and feeling like you're watching like the seventh movie in harry potter and being like i don't know any of what this is so sure. i think that that's that's one of the greatest greatest parts about the ad- the adaptation is that they've done this really beautiful job of telling you everything you need to know in a really uh, beautiful way that doesn't feel like they're like, you know, sitting you down and trying to explain it to you um, while not giving you too much to feel overwhelming. That's good. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's probably like 
good for the this film because I mean having a director like Denis Villeneuve and like having this all-star cast and obviously yeah. like all this money to pour into it like it's gonna be a spectacle like it's one of those movies where there's no way you don't make it a spectacle but obviously you need to have like the good acting in there and you need to have the story in there to really tie people in and get them emotionally hooked but I feel like when you go into a movie like that right. like this is something I always appreciate in film no matter what and even if it, like in, in, and in a lot of cases these movies do this really successfully when you're just like immersed in a world when you're just like thrown in there that's something that it 100% is, feels like that yeah. yeah and I think that's why you know I you know I love Star Wars I love the Marvel movies I mean it's a big reason why I love um like Disney and Disney theme parks because like you just get immersed in this world so I, and, I, and I think for me like I even can be a little forgiving if there's like a little bit of confusion in things like that because I'm like listen like I just got thrown in this shit like we're just in it like you know like I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna be watching Dune and I'm just gonna like see the sets and the effects and that's gonna be like even if there's something that like goes over my head I'm like what and I I feel that like having seen you know like I remember like going to see some of the Harry Potter movies with people who hadn't read the books and like if you miss something and it goes over their head, it's really usually not super significant. Like it's kind of like a, oh, this, this is right. for people who like know who know the thing. But if you don't know it, you're not going to miss anything. So it's good to know that like if you don't know the story, it's not going to just feel like you're like you know racing through something that you don't understand. Yeah, and I think he was really reserved in the fact that he, in terms of plot and story didn't bite off more than he could chew i think with a lot of like especially when you're trying to adapt a book i mean talking about harry potter perfect example of this right is it was like trying to take you know order the phoenix which is like what 800 fucking pages and make a seeming like two hour movie coherent right i felt like it was um it was really reserved in that fact and it, uh, it was really a smart decision to be like okay well we hope we get greenlit for another one we're not going to try to do too much because the pacing it didn't feel really fast it didn't feel rushed in that way and i think it was a very smart decision to yeah to to kind of feel reserved in that fact and actually tell this story and be able to you know show these beautiful shots that maybe didn't further the plot um because yeah that's what i think makes a beautiful movie is it's not just Mm -hmm. you know completely plot driven all the time sure so and i correct is it like two two and a half hours is the runtime i would say christine what two and a half hours 245 maybe even it was probably a runtime about two and a half hours i think yeah did it did it feel it or was the pacing like didn't make it feel like it was it felt it at times i think that that was that was probably one of my one of my only criticisms is there was um most of the time it felt you know w- w- i was right in it there was probably some fat that could have been cut maybe like 20 minutes mm-hmm. um that okay. i think would have would have been would have been beneficial um but i did feel of course like everything was intentional like there was mm-hmm. it was not just fluff for fluff's sake or like i'm just doing this to like feel like a movie maker right it was like it was very intentional um i do feel like it could have been slightly shorter but uh, for the most part, I think I was I was definitely in it. Okay. And again, this just occurred to me. I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting an example, but this is kind of like the first lead Timmy performance we've had. Yes. Since Call Me By Your Name, I'm forgetting. No, I guess the, the King. Okay. I, I shouldn't forget the King. <clears throat> no, I but like... the King, 
Right, but the king wasn't uh, wasn't in theaters. It was not a theatrical release. And I think even when Call Me by Your Name came out, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, you probably have more knowledge of this than I do. I think Army Hammer was first billed, at least in the yeah. initial initial like run of it. So, um, mm-hmm. granted, of course, Timmy was nominated for Best Actor. He was clearly the protagonist in that film. But I do yeah. feel like I truly felt, and you and I had talked about the SNL episode where we, you know, where he hosted and felt like, um, you know, the creators or the writers of SNL that week did not trust him to like put this episode on his shoulders this is i think the first movie that i watched other than call me by your name where that trust was in him of like we know that not only can this man deliver a great performance but he can deliver like a great movie it it very much there's so many stellar performances in this film rebecca ferguson is phenomenal she is phenomenal but i think this is the first timothy chalamet movie you know, arguably Call Me By Your Name was the first, but very much a blockbuster film that feels like they're trusting him to carry it. And that I found really refreshing and lovely. Um, That they trusted him not only as an actor, but as someone who could generate the kind of buzz and the kind of, um, you know, gravitas that this the the role needed. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're so right in the sense that, like, with Call Me By Your Name, you know, he was up and coming. He wasn't a household name. I think, like, creatively right. behind the scenes, they're like, okay, this is, like, our central character. But, you know, there was, obviously, like, Army Hammer was, like, the name that probably got the movie funded. And obviously, like, it was an art house movie, so they probably weren't, you know, the expectations on Dune are very different than the expectations on Call Me By Your Name, at least yeah. before it kind of became a hit. But, yeah, this is really the first, you're right, this is the first time where it's, like, obviously a big draw of this is like the spectacle obviously dune is like a name there's a huge cast behind it like Denis villeneuve has made big right. movies so like it's not you know it's I, I wouldn't say it's like fully on him but like and i feel like i've read this in a lot of the reviews and a lot of the reactions like the movie wouldn't work if timothy didn't deliver in this role and it sounds like he did yeah um i mean again not to give anything away but um the box scene will get him an Oscar nomination. Like, the yeah. box scene in and of itself was uh, chilling in the best way possible. Like, you, when you get out, let me know and we'll text about it. Because it is, <laughs> it was like, not only was I sitting there just like, I'm sorry, this man is so gorgeous. But also, it's just, <laughs> it is so well acted. And um, there is this moment, again, I'm trying to not give it away, but trying to talk about it. There's this moment. And it's the moment where, you know, Paul realizes that like, he can handle this and is the the, like, quote unquote, chosen one. And he plays it perfectly. And I literally I sat there, Christy was next to me and I like grabbed her arm. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, my God, I was like, this, okay, he is here to play. Like, it was so good and it comes pretty early i think it's like 25 minutes in you're just like oh shit okay yeah here we go like it's it it will win him or at least earn him a nomination and if it doesn't i don't know what fucking film they watched because it's just (laughs) and as an actor too i can literally watch that and be like you see the beats happen it's so hard to to talk about without how you having seen it but you know the box of you know his test of pain and endurance and you literally watch beats happen. I think what distinguishes a you know a good actor from a great actor is you know the beats and and playing a scene in different moments. And so he was so present, where you could literally watch 
different reactions every second it wasn't mm-hmm. just like this whole scene is this one emotion or this one feeling or this one thought or this one motivation you could literally watch in the span of that minute like you can see the beats and there's like probably 30 of them 35 of them and it was just so fucking cool to watch and i was so proud of him i was like yes <laughs> yes let's go it's so good it's so oh. good so yeah and i wanted to ask so i know that that scene is teased in the trailer like is there a lot we yes. don't see like that it's only like we only get like a little yeah. snippet we only get a little bit we only get i think what him just like agonize like agony and pain um yeah. there's a lot you don't see and the pivotal moment is the thing you don't see and again, it's just, I literally watched that as a, as you know, it's just a, a, you know, someone who loves film being like, oh my God, that was intense. And as an actor, I was like, that was perfectly played. I was like, yeah, that was perfect. It was amazing. Oh. So I want to go back to something you said about Rebecca Ferguson, because A, I want to know about some of the other yes. standout performances. Um, and yes. then kind <clears> of <throat> as a, as a caveat to that, I'll tell a little anecdotal story really quick. So, um, one of my friends that I'm going with, uh, who was a guest on the podcast before, Helen, uh, Helen Bogus, she, um, <laughs> she, she like, I like texted all my friends like who was gonna come. I was gonna buy tickets, and she made some sort of joke about like, oh, do we know if it passes the Bachdel test? And I'm like, oh, I have no idea. And then of course I looked it up online, and the movie technically doesn't. But I wanted to ask you, as someone mm-hmm. who's seen it, and obviously as a as a as a big financial feminist in your own right and a feminist in general, <laughs> how are the female characters portrayed, and do you feel like it is mm-hmm. not this like you know because you you think of Dune and you think of these big big testosterone driven movies, and I think that yeah. there is just there is a cultural consciousness now where they know that they cannot just let that ride on a man's shoulders or men's right. shoulders; they have to have stronger characters, and I know. I, th- I believe one of the characters in the movie, in the book and in the original film, is a man, and they change the gender to female. So obviously, there's been mm. a consciousness to, to speak to the female, the female perspective in this film. So, right. To two part question: Do do you feel like the women are fully represented in this film? And then, what are some of those other standout performances that you liked? Yeah, I love this question. Thank you for asking it. Um, I could talk for a while about this. One, let's just talk about Rebecca Ferguson. Um, one of, like, other than, I think, Timothy, the standout performance, arguably even more than Timothy. I think mm-hmm. she was my most unexpected. I didn't know a lot about her work. And she came in just beautifully, just beautiful performance, I think, perfectly casted and really demonstrated this lovely dynamic, both with Timothy as an actor and with Paul as the kind of mother-son relationship. I think it's... Um, yeah, you, again, going in dark, like, I didn't know a lot about the story, and, like, the, the, the sacrifice and the kind of, um, you know, she knows a lot about who her son's going to be before he does, and I think it really plays out where she has a lot of knowledge, and she's trying to figure out, of course, like, what do I tell him, how do I protect him, while also equipping him with the knowledge he needs in order to, you know, survive, literally survive, and so I think they, they play the dynamic really well, and, um, yeah she's just she's just beautiful in this just really really smart in terms of her choices um as an actor i think in general christine and i actually had a whole conversation about this i think um the the kind of sci-fi fantasy genre in the last couple years um like i think of game of thrones especially as this 
there is a lot of the kind of rape and pillage around like fantasy, right? It's yeah. a lot of, you know, exposed breasts and rape and sexual assaults and, you know, Outlander. I love Outlander. I love that show. But literally every main character in that show, male and female, has been sexually assaulted. And yeah. it's just, you kind of watch it at a point and you're like, this is exhausting as a viewer. Like, this is a lot of trauma to carry thought was just really lovely about this movie is that there were so many other themes there was not the um you know degradation of women there was not a a scene that was you know either uh supposed or actualized that was violent towards women directly right and i think that that was it shouldn't be refreshing but that was refreshing of like you saw these these female characters um, who, yeah, who were, you know, their own people and were not defined by someone else's choices and how they impact them. Um, I will say, this is one thing that I wish I knew, Zendaya does not have as big of a role as we all think she does. Mm -hmm. She is actually not in a lot of this movie. I think she will be in part two, assuming part two gets made. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Um, but I think that if you are a Zendaya fan and you're going into this being like, oh my God, there's going to be so much Zendaya, you will be disappointed. There is sure. not as much as you think. Most of her con or most of her screen time is in flashbacks or in dreams that Paul has. It's not her. We only get her on screen in the present moment, I think, for 15 minutes mm -hmm. at the end. So it's not for very long. Granted, she's amazing. She's great um in her 15 minutes and in her flashbacks but that is one thing that you know i kind of expected i expected her to have more screen time um i'm trying to remember the other actor the other actress um who is relatively unknown but plays a great performance as well she's an amazing black actress um and yeah i think, I think that's that, the... again perfectly perfectly casted is that the one yeah. they gender swapped yes yeah yeah and i'm i'm blanking okay. on her name as well but um yeah i think i've heard a lot of good like breakout stuff about her um, and then with Charlotte Rampling, who's the in the box, is that really just kind of her one scene, or does did they give her more to do? Yeah, that's pretty much her the most of her her scenes. She has a couple scenes with Rebecca Ferguson, um, and again, I think it doesn't pack the Bechdel test because they're discussing Sharon Duck and yeah. Brewster. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Um, Yes, I think that um, the only reason it doesn't pass the Bechdel test is they're actually not talking, they're talking about Paul, right? And yeah. I think that in the Bechdel test, it has to, you know, not be talking about a man. I mm -hmm. really do feel like this should get a pass because I'm like, they're talking about their son, they're talking about like, you know, it's not in a romantic context, but um, yeah, I think that that's the only reason this doesn't pass is because it's two women talking about you know, like the fate of the fate of the sure. world in that way. Yeah. And that's the other thing, and this is probably a as someone who hasn't read the book, I think a, a props to the source material, but um, I think they do a really lovely job of, of um, contending with this like white savior chosen one kind of narrative where he doesn't want it. Like he actively, and this is again, a credit to Timmy's performance, where he's very uncomfortable with this idea of being the quote unquote chosen one. He's very uncomfortable. He doesn't like it. He's, he's constantly, even before he realizes his like place and that he is someone of significance in this world, he, you can see these lines of dialogue or these impulses for him to not exploit, you know, other people's planets or other people's goods, especially people of color. And I think that that is a really lovely, um, lovely um i don't know lens or perspective to view the movie through is that you know you have this chosen one who is like begrudgingly you know the person who is who is 
um, you know, kind of framed as that in, in the film. So I liked that. It felt, um, felt like this, yeah, this person who is begrudgingly stepping into this role, who is constantly thinking, how do I challenge my very presence here? Yeah. That's, yeah, and I think that that speaks to, like, why Timothy is such good casting, not only because he's, you know, the internet's boyfriend, and he's a celebrated actor, <laughs> you know, he can, he can, he can lead, um, you know, he can lead a big blockbuster movie like this, he can lead an art house movie, but he has that, you know, and this is, this is so much in the conversation about, like, why he works as, you know, a, a leading man and things like that, but he's so unconventional, you know, he's, he's scrawny, he's a little, he's a little twink, I mean, that's, He's the internet's twink yep. boyfriend. And I think that when he's cast in this role where he doesn't want this burden and he doesn't want um, to be the chosen one, you know, that, that works. Cause you know, and you know, not saying this is the kind of actor who would get cast in something like this. And I'm not coming for this actor specifically, but like, I couldn't see like a Noah Centennial or like an Ansel Elgort working in this role. Cause like you would just kind no. of assume they're gonna, they're gonna do it. You know what I mean? Like you, you, why, you wouldn't worry right. about it. Cause it's like a hunky, white dude and that's who's gonna say that's who right. always saves the day in these movies so to have um to have timothy in that role it seems it seems like good casting and good yeah like a like i said like balance between that can you know we saw in the king like he can do action he can he can do these kind of things but i think his kind of more emotionally vulnerable side you know brings brings out like what clicks in this role for him having not seen it yeah. Yeah, that was the conversation Christine and I had actually was um, this. Um, oh, my God, I lost my train of thought. Hold on. I'll think of it. Oh, darn. I lost my train of thought. But no, you do get, I mean, Jason Momoa, if you if you're coming for like beef, you, you got beef. Yeah, you got Jason Momoa. You got like all, you know, Oscar Isaac is like, he looks great in this film. The spoiler, I will just spoil this really quickly. There is a scene, uh, you don't see anything, but he is naked and it's great. Uh, so like there's, Oof. there's, there's some, yeah, there's great. It's great. Um, and I think, yeah, to, I mean, quote Jason Momoa on this, he is, he's dick and ribs. Timmy's dick and ribs. <laughs> and I think he's perfectly casted because of that. And um, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, to your point, if you would have cast somebody who is more, typically muscular i don't think it i don't think it gives the same the same gravitas to this yeah it's our scrawny little victorian ghost who's just trying to <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to figure out his way in the world did but you see again i lost my train of thought hopefully i'll figure it out in a second did you see the tweet that was going around that was like the little brown leather medieval shoe and it was like why does this yes. shoe remind me of <laughs> yeah i had like four people send did that you to me. <laughs> me too did you see the TikTok of he looks like a bicycle seat? I no. think send that one to me too. <laughs> he looks like a bicycle seat. Oh and God. I was like, oh, we're being mean, <laughs> but it's not not wrong. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I mean that's I think... the thing. He's, he he is he is he he is a scrawny little bicycle seat shoe. Mm -hmm. Yep. He is. And the one thing that I, I can't leave without mentioning is just and again, they've talked about this in interviews, but how big this movie is, like how, how larger than life world encompassing this movie is. It is spectacular with a capital S, like mm. in terms of like, you know, the, the original definition of the word awesome, right, was to like provoke awe. And that truly is this movie. And I actually haven't even seen it in IMAX yet. 
I have not, there was only one IMAX theater in all of Italy and so we couldn't <laughs> go see it. It's actually in Bergamo, which is funny. Um, but oh, wow. in France, there was, there's no IMAX theaters. We couldn't see it. So I think um, we're going to, moment I get home, I'm going to see it in IMAX. But even in a regular theater, the, the, the Hans Zimmer score, the, the just some of these shots, there is one shot, again, trying not to not give this away, but you've seen the photo of, I think it's him and he's like on the edge of like the, I don't know, the, the drop down thing from the ship. And isn't it, mm -hmm. I think it's Josh Berlin who's with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shot, I have never seen something like that in a movie. It is absolutely incredible. And to know that the majority of these shots were practical shots is just mm -hmm. wild. Um, it truly is, again, every critic who's seen it before who is like, this changes the sci-fi genre. I, I am not a movie critic. I am <laughs> not qualified to say it, but I 100% agree. It is, um, it is incredible. And I am a huge fan of Star Wars. I haven't, you know, no Star Wars movie at this point, maybe the original, but like none in recent memory holds a candle to this movie. It is in terms of the, the, just the gravitas. It is just absolutely incredible. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. I, so there actually no longer is a IMAX, a proper IMAX theater in Chicago. Um, the one at Navy Pier closed. Oh, no. So so I'm seeing it in one of those like Dolby captivating theaters. I think it's supposed to be like it's I, the street. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, um, but no, I was gonna say so. I'm so I'm seeing it there, and then we're recording our episode on it with our friends at the Torn Stubbs podcast. Again, planned to do this last year, but obviously, you know, there was a pandemic and everything. Um, so um, I'm planning to rewatch it again at home since it will be on HBO Max. So I'm really excited to be able to have right. like, both experiences. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, not to make this into like a, <clears throat> a soapbox moment about like going to see movies and movie theaters and everything, but like, it just, Dune seems like this kind of movie that like, like you said, demands to be seen in the theater. Like you just, it's, you know, it a, a, truly good is. A, a good movie is a good movie. If you're going to see it on a big old IMAX screen or on your little, you know, on your phone, on an airplane, like a good movie will connect with you. But there is something to be said for like the size and scope. Like this was a movie made to be seen on the largest screen possible. And it feels so silly saying that because I feel like every every marketing push right no. now for a movie is like, don't miss it in theaters because they're trying to get people to see it. But like for Dune, it doesn't feel like hyperbole. No, like I don't need to see Trolls 2 in a theater, right? You need to see Dune <laughs> in a theater. Like truly, yeah. like truly, truly, truly. And again, every, you've seen tweets about it. You've seen, you've seen people be like, see Dune in a theater. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm here saying to you, if, you know, don't be stupid, do it safely, <laughs> but fucking go to a theater. Like yeah. it has to be seen in a theater. It's like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, you know, drinking the best wine and like chugging it. Like that for me is like the equivalent of watching Dune for the first time at home. Like yeah. you're not going to take a good wine and, and fucking chug it. Right. Yeah. You are there to enjoy it. You need to see it as it was properly designed to be in a theater. Because again, these shots are just seeing them on a phone or seeing them even yeah in a 50 inch or whatever screen you have to see the the depth and the the size of some of these some of these shots is just incredible um i'm trying to think what else oh and the sandworm on <laughs> you have to see the sandworm super fucking big because it looks like a butthole <laughs> it really does oh my god like, there's just it really no way does. around it <laughs> 
I sat there and I was like, oh my God, the shot's incredible. And then I was like, it looks like a butthole. And then I'm like, no, no, don't go there. Don't go there because then you will just burst out laughing. But no, I mean, the sandworm was incredible. The way they did the, the CGI on that is amazing. But does it look like an asshole? Yeah, sure. You sure does. So there's, there's just no way around. We're not it. avoiding just, that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just leaning in. They're going full butthole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's coming in full butthole. Somebody has no context as to what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, it's the movie Dune uh, can come again. The it's theaters. incredible. The movie Dune full butthole. <laughs> um. So now that so you've obviously gotten to see Dune, haven't having gotten to see Dune now. That's a mouthful. Um. Are you are you going to be able to see French Dispatch soon? Is it opening over in Europe? So it is the same day as the United States release. It's October 22nd. Okay. So we're okay. going to try to mosey our way over there. Um, I think it's, is it in Italy October 22nd or is it later? Didn't we discover it was later? I don't know. I'm talking to Christine off camera. Yeah, it is later. I think it's slightly later actually in Italy. Okay. So we got June a whole month early. But in right. France, I think it comes out at a normal time. And we'll be in Paris for a couple of days before we head home. So I think we'll try to, we'll try to see it there. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's it's just it's so funny, and then we get "Don't Look Up" in like three months. I'm like, yeah, oh god, it's, I it's all been like stored up, and now it's just gonna be like one after another. We went one through this no, drought. Now it's like red carpet like... appear. We get like three red carpet appearances a day now. We get like a photo call, and we get a red carpet, and then we get in like an after party look, and I'm like, I I don't know what to do with this much content. Like I I, I know. don't know what to do. We've been so starved for so. I know, like um. I finally, so I, yesterday morning, I saw the Stella, is it the Stella McCartney, like, mushroom print suit that I was, like, dying for? Yeah. And, like, I was kind of off Twitter all day, because, like, I went to the movies, and then I was hanging out with my family, and then, like, was just looking at Twitter last night, and I was like, oh, my God, we got, like, a whole second look. Like, I didn't, I, I missed it. Like, it's. The Yves St. Laurent sequin situation. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, I've been, I'm just so used to, like, not getting, you know, getting scraps, if anything, and now it's just, like. I know. There's a, a new photo shoot every day. I can't keep up. I know. And then the Time cover and the fucking oh, Entertainment cover. Weekly cover, which literally I was like, I I had to watch it. I, I So every time I open up Instagram, I'm sure this is your thing too. I follow so many fan accounts at this point that my entire feed as soon as something happens is just Timothy Chalamet. You can literally scroll three times and it's just the same photo of Timothy over and over yeah. and over again. And I watched that slow-mo shot of him turning on the cover every time it came up on my feed. I watched it seven yeah. times. I was like, I'm here for it. Give, give it all to me. I'm ready. Yeah, and actually, so I was going to say this when you were talking about Zendaya. Like, I, I feel like even if she's only in the movie so, so much, like, it totally makes sense to sell them together because, like, they're just such a cute little oh. Gen Z, like, up-and-coming young Internet girl. couple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like... Yeah, and I think... Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, she is she is beautiful in this movie. She's perfectly cast. I just, it was one of those things where I just, not knowing enough about the plot, just thought she'd be in it more. And yeah. so I was, yeah, again, if you're, like, if you're a Zendaya fan going into it being like, this is a Zendaya movie, it is not. It is not. Yeah. I think part two will be, but it will, this is not, this is not the movie to, uh, you know, to marvel at Zendaya's acting talent because it's just, yeah. it's just not here. So. But but everything else is great. Oscar Isaac is great. Um, oh, and and Skarsgård's in it, which was unexpected. I did not know going into it actually that Skarsgård was in it. 
Um, he plays, as he always does, the creepiest, most disgusting villain you've ever fucking seen. So, yeah, I feel <laughs> it's like disgusting. In a, like in a couple of the trailers that have come out recently, like we've seen a bit more of him, and I'm like, oh yeah, like yeah. Stellan Skarsgård as a creepy, creepy, weird guy. Like we've seen this before. This is gonna work. Yeah. No, it did. It literally, I was like, what movie am I watching? Because this is every movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. It's um, every one I've ever seen. I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else um, without giving spoilers. Um, the score is amazing. I think I said that before. It fits very well. Um, the, I mean, not just the film, but the themes of Dune are truly timeless. Timmy's talked about that in some interviews, but like, it really does feel like it could have been written last year, at least with this adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll see a lot of, if you've seen Arrival, it'll feel very familiar, and not like a carbon copy by any means, but it will feel like comforting, fam- comfortingly familiar. Um, there's a lot of shots that I'm like, oh, I saw pretty much that whole, that same shot in Arrival. Like, I yeah. feel like it very much was that. Oh, I remembered my train of thought now. <laughs> yes. You were talking about the king, and Christine and I were discussing, I feel like Timmy took the king to prove that he could do Dune. Like, I feel like the King was, like, the prequel in terms of his career to, like, I can be the person who carries a movie, an action star. Like, I feel like I can do that. Um, And I think that, yeah, I feel like whether he intentionally did it or not, it was, like, a a great decision in terms of me showing my range, right? Me showing that I can carry a movie like this, Um, for a more, you know, a bigger release and a bigger blockbuster. So I feel definitely like um, if you've seen The King and you liked The King, you'll like Dune. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm i a notorious King defender. I know you are as well. I know we're both Me uh, too. Full, full cut Me fans, too. for better or for worse. Full cut! Full cut <laughs> Timmy is the best Timmy. That's the most controversial opinion I think I ever have about anything. But you know what? It's true. It's fucking true. Best to me is controversial, but I will I will stand in solidarity with you because okay. I and well no sure. like and, and not to get not to get off on this tangent because you have wine to drink and and you know I have to actually start my work day. <laughs> I can sit here like, for hours, you know you know me, <laughs> but yes, go ahead. Um, because I mean, and you know I love the long hair, I love the luscious locks, but like he's got to change it up every now and then or it's gonna get stale. So like mm-hmm. the bowl cut to me was like you know what, it might not be the long luscious locks, but he still looks good. Like he. I, I, I can understand not liking it as much as some of the other hairstyles, but hating it, I yeah. was like beyond me how anyone could hate it. I agree. I think if I'm being honest, I think "Call Me by Your Name" length hair is actually my favorite. I just love the exclamatory statement of "Bull Cut Timmy is the best Kimmy." I think that for me, <laughs> it's more the like if he he pulls it off, and I think that's significant enough. Where if you can pull off a bull cut, like you can you can do anything. You can yeah. you can do whatever you want forever. Like, I think that that was more, like, the moment of, if you look that good in a bowl cut, I I put you in a paper bag and you'll still look great. You know, like, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) And the the definition of the jaw and the cheekbones, I think, really helped with, you know, the hair was muted and the, the... Cheekbones and the jawline were out. Yeah, That's like a it. Whole other conversation. It 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 let the, it let the facial features shine because you know obviously exactly. he still has them when his hair is long, but when the hair is long, like that's the frame. That's when you, that that's right. what ties it all together. So it, it yeah, and you're right. Like I think and again, this is a whole another tangent, but you love it, so it's fine. Um, 
retroactively looking back at Call Me By Your Name, I'm like, oh, like, his hair is shorter. Like, it's not, like, his long kind of, we're used to, like, his mm-hmm. his longer, like, you know, like, Lady Bird was around the same time when he's got, like, the, you know, the dark, like, whole, like, grungy boy look. So it is just more about his charisma and more about his performance and talent and everything. And I think the hair is just always kind of a nice caveat. I mean, obviously, we dedicate an entire section to it on the podcast, so we, we have to talk about it. The peaches. But... Mm-hmm. But the bowl cut, yeah, I, I think the bowl cut has rights. And if you don't think so, then I think you're on the wrong side of history. I agree. I completely agree. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, I have to say I was jealous that you got to see Dune before me, but it sounds like I get to see French, French Dispatch before you. So it's going to even out and we'll be good. And I'll be able to text you and give me all my French Dispatch thoughts, which um, I can't Please remember don't. if we've talked. I can't remember if we've talked about this, but I spoiler alert i'm not the biggest wes anderson fan so i'm like curious going into like i i think like i'm i'm i've always said he makes great movies they just might not be for me so i'm definitely not going in being like oh it's gonna be bad i'm just like wondering how much i'll vibe with um but obviously with him yeah i get that timmy it's like okay he's coming for me he wants it he knows he knows i'm gonna be sold so I'm very much looking forward to it. So I well, will, we got I will... we got a Searsha we got a Searsha appearance too, which I miss mm-hmm. very much. And I know I don't think they have any scenes together, but I I have missed seeing seeing them in a movie together at least, and that's going to be lovely, especially mm-hmm. in a non-Greta film. I think it'll be very interesting to see. Right. Um, again, they're not going to be together together, but they're in the same yeah. movie. I think that'll be really interesting. And um, I think I love Frances McDormand and I really am looking <laughs> forward to the chemistry between her and Timmy. And again, yeah. he's come out, both of them have talked in interviews of like their connection and that they've had a really beautiful relationship off screen. I agree with you. I, I don't mind Wes Anderson by any means, but if you were to ask me like favorite directors, I don't think he's on my list. I think yeah. like, you know, made a bunch of lovely movies. I love Budapest Hotel, but like, yeah, it's not, it's not in my, like, uh, like, absolutely must see every Wes Anderson film he's ever made. So I, I am like, looking forward to seeing, like, how he fits kind of in the Wes Anderson universe, because it very much feels like, you know, Wes Anderson has his, like, eight actors he works with all the time, and Timmy's now getting slotted in. So we'll see yeah. if, you know, this is a one-off or if this becomes more of a, more of a recurring, uh, you know, uh, professional relationship we'll see right if he'll, if he'll be one of the wes anderson players yeah exactly yeah well i will text you as soon as i'm you'll probably no i guess i i don't know i'm bad at the time different stuff but i will text you as soon as i'm out of the theater. i might be asleep but please do <laughs> okay yeah I'll, I'll just i'll drop all my thoughts and you'll wake up to them it'll be beautiful and then i'll do the same after we see french <laughs> dispatch and then we will connect again after french dispatch and talk about just the the beautiful buffet of Timmy content that we've been blessed with. Yes, please. Um, But yeah, if you're watching and you, for whatever reason, are on the fence about seeing Dune, uh, both as a Timothy Chalamet fan and both as just someone who likes culture and likes movies, that, that, you know, it's so good. It's worth seeing on both accounts. Um, And I do feel like there are moments, of course, in this movie where you're like, oh my God, Timothy Chalamet looks super hot. But it, it actually was one of those movies where I felt like I could appreciate him more actually as an actor than like a heartthrob. I felt like Little Women for me was like, I was constantly clutching Christine's hand being like, oh my God, he's so hot. And this was more like, oh, like I will have that eventually probably on my third or fourth watch. It was not my immediate first watch. It was more just like the, yeah, the universe immersion and all of their performances. So whether you are going for Timmy or you're just looking for a good movie, I would, 
I mean, Dune is pretty fucking spectacular. And please see it on a screen. Please, if you can, be safe and go see it. Go see it in a cinema because it's it's worthy of that. Absolutely. All right. So, Tori Dunlap, seal of approval. Dune, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> so so happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for talking with me, Tori. I I was gonna say I miss you, which like it, it implies that like we've even been able to met in like in real life, and we haven't yet. But no, but I do right feel back like at I miss you. you. <laughs> And I hope that no, you I've been bugging you. I, you know this, but the audience might not. I've been bugging him. I've been like, so have me on to talk about a Dune. Have me on to do a Dune preview because I've seen it a month before everybody else, and I'm feeling superior, and I want to talk oh. about it. No, so thanks for still, having me on. This is my favorite story. Have another glass of wine for me. Uh, tell everyone in Italy say hi. And um, once you're back in the states, we're gonna figure out a time to finally meet up and chat and have these Timothy Thirst sessions IRL. Sounds great. Have a great rest of your day. You too, Tori. Bye. All right. Bye.